Welcome back to Push Push. I'm Danielle Davis. I'm Shannon Kessler. And we are your girlfriend's guide to Formula One racing. And we have a treat today for you guys. You guys, this is the best, biggest treat we are bringing you. And I cannot wait to share with you who we have on the pod today. Do you want me to introduce her? You yes, want to? Danielle, You've been like I'm practicing. Like a happy puppy. Just like, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, we are thrilled beyond excited. This is the most super premium guest we have ever had. We have ESPN, ACC Network, college football, F1 star, Katie George joining us today. And we could not be more thrilled to have you. Thank you so much for joining us, Katie. Oh, it's so good to be with you guys. I was waiting. I was hoping that I one day get an invite <laughs> oh, on the show. So yes. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> we were hoping, along. fingers crossed, that you would one day join us on the show. So. Yes, exactly. I know um, we've been big fans because my, my family loves volleyball and we are very big dbk fans in our house and she was like oh you don't know katie i should introduce you i'm like yes please (laughs) please please this would be great yes we should also mention that that katie is a all-american volleyball player (laughs) three-time scholar what is it three-time all-conference acc player setter and scholar athlete of the year and former miss kentucky usa i know you had a rock in 2015 katie this is amazing yeah that was a it was a fun year it was a busy year for sure but um i as you know love Louisville volleyball. And it was really cool this past uh, fall to be able to kind of follow their run and get to cover them in the final four. It was awesome. And I think the world of Danny Busman Kelly, she's just done an incredible job since she's taken over, but I miss it. I miss playing volleyball, but now I'm a bit washed up and I just go and cover <laughs> other athletes now. <laughs> I would dare say that you were yeah, washed I, up. That is definitely not the case. No, not at all. You've uh, definitely been on a whirlwind ride, so to speak, with, um, you know, getting into commentating and seeing where that's taking you. That's been so fun to watch. So like, how did you get into wanting to be a sportscaster and how did that journey start for you? Yeah, it's interesting. I was pretty naive, I think, because when I was 13, I saw Aaron Andrews for the first time on college game day. And, you know, I have two older brothers. They dominated the remote always. So I never got to watch what I wanted to watch. Like Grey's Anatomy was never an option. Sadly. Well, you can watch it now. It's still yeah. on. <laughs> and I know. Yeah. 20 something yeah. seasons later. Um, and so, you know, we watched a ton of sports and I played sports growing up and I love television. And I thought, oh, you know, sports and TV, that could be a great job. And, you know, really, that's kind of where the idea began at 13. And that's kind of what I said I wanted to do. And I never really wavered from that. Maybe that was a little naive. I didn't have a backup plan. Um, so far, so good, I would say, you know, so when I got to the university of Louisville and I was playing volleyball, I was very adamant about, you know, this is what I want to do. And I told anybody and everybody who would listen and said, you know, can you help me? What should I be doing right now? And you know, Ann Cordes, who was my volleyball coach at the time, she had a friend uh, who was a news director at WLKY, the CBS affiliate here in Louisville. And she said, why don't you take her to coffee and just see what she has to say about getting into the business. And so that's how my internship began at WLKY. And so I interned there all four, I say four seasons, all four <laughs> uh, years in college um, at LKY. And it was a great very realistic look as to what life would be like if you entered into local television. And so, you know, I did some different things for the athletic department. Like I remember being like the play-by-play for softball games. And it was like, just, I'm sure five parents in California watching their (laughs) girls play softball. And it was just me. There was no color commentator. It was just me doing both back and forth. And that was a great experience. And I threw out the peanuts at 
know, Jim Patterson stadium, just because I thought it'd be good to get in front of a crowd and have to talk on a mic. And so I just kind of piecemealed it together because Louisville doesn't have a specific broadcast um, major. And so luckily you mentioned, you know, Miss Kentucky, I think that that helped to a degree when I graduated and, you know, I had an option to, to stay with WLKY or move to WDRB. And I decided to make it switch it was at that time, the hardest decision. It's so funny. Like looking back, every decision I made, I feel like I'm like, this is the hardest decision <laughs> of my life. Like, what do I do? And so I, I went to DRB and it was an awesome, but really hard two and a half years. And, you know, from there, I knew I wanted to be able to move from local to possibly regional and then national. That was the goal. Um, and, you know, it just was by chance that the Milwaukee Bucks were looking for a sideline reporter, you know, I forgot that, that you time. were at the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and talk about like a whirlwind, you know, that was, I loved that job. I moved to Milwaukee first time ever moving away from Louisville, away from family and friends. It was really me pushing myself out of my comfort zone finally. And I fell in love with Milwaukee, very similar to Louisville. Like they are very similar cities. And so I did that for a year and I had intended on being there longer, but at that point, ACC Network was launching and made sense that, you know, somebody who had played in the ACC for a couple of seasons, um, you know, they wanted people who were from the conference to be on their network. And so I jumped at that chance, even though it was really hard to leave Milwaukee because I love those people. But I saw a lot of potential and progress that I could make within the ESPN family. And, you know, from there, I've moved from the ACC network to ESPN and ABC and do college football and now some NBA, which has been fun. But F1 was kind of a whim and my husband's idea. I was wondering, that was one of the things that we were talking about because I know your husband plays soccer, right? Yes. Yes. And so I was like, I wonder if that's one of the things we want to ask you about is how you kind of got into the F1 side of things. And I said to Shannon, I wonder if her husband was a big F1 fan, because I don't know, I just feel like a lot of European sports. Well, yeah, the soccer players usually do have some affiliation at some point or passion for F1. Absolutely. And he's Italian too. So he's a member of the Tifosi, uh, sadly, a lot of heartache. Smart, smart, smart (laughs) man. I knew you were. Um, Like a wonderful, wonderful man. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. He we met at Louisville. He played soccer there, um, and so we dated for the longest time, and finally got married. And uh, we were actually, you know, right during the middle of COVID. Um, I actually got COVID, and so we were quarantined from each other in separate rooms. <laughs> and I remember during that week, he called me, and he was like, "I know you're not like super into motorsport, but I know you've been to the Indy 500. I know you've you know been to Kentucky Speedway." I'm telling you, you got to watch the show drive to survive. And so I was a, you know, drive to survive casualty essentially. Um, but I, I, I kind of fought it and I was like, no, it, like, you know, I'm watching my own shows in here as I yeah. quarantine. <laughs> and then finally yeah. I, I put on the first episode and that's when you're introduced to Daniel Ricardo, who's one of the most, you know, engaging oh, yeah, human so beings on the planet. The best. And yeah. I just fell in love with, I was so fascinated with it. I, you know, I've always played team sports growing up. Um, this was the first time that I got to kind of learn about a sport that you're not just on a team. You're also an individual and your greatest competition is your teammate. And like that dynamic to me yeah. was so fascinating. And so I fell in love and, you know, we talked about it all the time. And then from drive to survive, we watched every single race, you know, each weekend, you know, I'd get off radio on Sunday morning, I'd run into the room. <laughs> He's already got the race on and he'd catch me up. And, you know, so it was something that we could do together, which was really fun and enjoyable. And then he said, 
have you asked anybody at work or told anybody at work that you're into this? Like you become really knowledgeable about it. Like, I think you could actually cover this. And I was like, no, that's how that's no, that's, you know, that's, that's way. And then he was like, no, seriously, I think you should like actually dive in and study. So I made flashcards oh my gosh, that's of all the terminology, all the different cars, teams, team bosses, just different, different things that I thought was important for you to know. And he quizzed me and we sit out on the couch and he quizzed me and that became more apparent and a bigger deal and something that we did more often when I found out I was going to get to go to the Miami Grand Prix yeah. last year. And it essentially just came to be me emailing people, asking my agent, Hey, can you tell people like any conversations you have that I'm into this? Like I want to cover, I'll help in any way that I can. And it was kind of like right time, right place for me because they actually said, Hey, we're actually looking for people who want to get involved in this. Cause our coverage is ESPN right. is certainly it's expanding. expanding. Yeah. yeah. And so I got to go to Miami and that was my first F1 race. And it was bonkers. I mean, everything you see on the show is like an absolute accurate representation of, of what you see in person, but it, it's been really cool to kind of dive into this world. Yeah. I was wondering if you were a drive to survive girly, cause we get kind of like burned on that sometimes, but it's been such an, like an amazing way for the U S market to get engaged in that. And to hear that, like someone who's covering it for ESPN now also discovered the sport and fell in love with it in that way. I don't know. It gives us a little validation. Yeah, I think, it does. It does feel end. good because we do get a lot of like, you're not real fans if you if you only got no. here because of the show. And I'm like, oh, enough. Ah, enough. I, yeah. I know how you feel. Like I'm always sometimes kind of embarrassed. Like I was at the Red Bull season launch and uh, just a couple of days ago. And, you know, people are at, like, well, how did you get involved? And you do feel kind of like you hesitate because you're like, these people have been covering this for years. Right. And I actually think that if you're passionate and you love it, like, who cares matter. if you relate to yeah. the party, you know, yeah. it's now you're at the party. And so I, I do, I feel what you feel <laughs> from time to time of should I be embarrassed, but that's also the truth. And that's a part of my story now. And hopefully, you know, I cover this sport for a long time, but, uh, it is, oh my gosh, every driver you speak to every team boss for better or worse, they bring it up because that has been pivotal in the growth here in the United States, because as you know, sports fans here, we like stories. We like drama. Mm -hmm. We like petty. Uh, parody, yes. Certainly. Yes. That, that's, that's part you of want it. somebody to root for. And I think drive to survive two degrees and a really nice job humanizing these guys and making them massive stars within our country. Obviously they're world war world worldwide superstars, no matter what, but uh, it definitely of, well, here. It takes the helmet off too. Like if, even if you just start mm -hmm. watching the races, you don't get a lot of face time with the drivers themselves other than like the quick, you know, pit walks and um, things mm -hmm. like that, you know, some interview coverage, if you get up, you know, early enough to watch it, but you don't really get mm -hmm. to see a lot of them. So it was great to get like, take the masks off basically and see like who they are a little bit more of the behind the scenes well, and, and I, meet them as people. Cause obviously that's, you know, like what yeah. Americans love that story. So. And I, I think to that point, Danielle, the explosion of Drive to Survive really helped to engage with their social media as well. And then mm -hmm. you've, you, I've, I know we've been covering this for a year and we've seen the, such now. a big difference in how many drivers are starting to yeah. really engage on their social and how many like of the teams are like, you know, now it's a competition between whose admin is going to, you know, make this a, <laughs> a, a better week. And it's like, yeah, this is great. I love it. So, I mean, I really do think it has, you know, really blossomed and put a, a big spotlight on, especially the American profile of a, a F1 fan, but just seeing like how well-received it's been with 
the drivers too has been fantastic. Well, and obviously, so you just mentioned it, but you were just in New York to cover yes. the Red Bull launch. And that was the first ever launch of a like, team launch in the United States in New York. So I mean, obviously there's been an impact there and Ford being involved with that. So, okay, you have to give us like all the scoop, all the, scoop. All the inside. Was Jerry there? Yeah. What did you meet Ginger Spice too? Because I saw her that <laughs> no, she was there she too. Wasn't. I saw your I interview with her. Christian Horner. So I was like, was yes. like, was Jerry right off camera in all white all from white, head to toe? Who doesn't wear all white to a racetrack every time? And you got I, to honestly, Danny Rick. Like we got to hear it all. Tell us all the tea yeah. from Red Bull. <laughs> I will. It stresses me out how often she wears full white all ensemble. the time. I was every looking time. for her because she's obviously very hard or very easy to spot. But she was in New York uh, based on what I saw from her Instagram, yeah. but she was not on site. Uh, they had it at the Classic Car Club, which was a really cool venue, um, you know, Pier 76. And so, you know, me and some of my ESPN colleagues, I feel like there was like pockets of so many different ESPN um, groups that were there. We were there for for a digital standpoint because we were essentially on site to interview the drivers, Christian Horner. And then we got to have Daniel Ricardo on our podcast, which was a lot of fun. Gosh. And we can get into that just like what he's like. Yes, and then please. we also had like <laughs> ESPN features were there doing a bunch of different feature pieces. And we had Sports Center there and Marty uh, Smith, he was the MC of the event for Red Bull. And so it was just like an ESPN kind of, um, you know, takeover essentially, but Red Bull did such a nice job. I think, um, you know, hosting the event, there was so many fans and, and friends of the team. I think they thought originally, like it was going to go extremely well. And then they realized that like, quickly, oh my gosh, we've invited too many people. Oh gosh, it, Like it was packed. And I don't think, I don't actually know if everybody who was at the door ended up getting oh, in. God. And by the way, like, as you know, it was freezing. Yeah. yeah. So it, that played a factor. Um, but essentially they had an hour long program, uh, that Marty Smith emceed and Christian Horner, he got up there. And then Jim Farley obviously came out when they made the announcement um, that they were going to be partnering with Ford moving forward in 2026. So it'd be Red Bull Ford powertrain at that point. Uh, we got to hear from Max Verstappen. We got to hear from Checo Perez and Daniel Ricardo. obviously was there as well, doing a, a bunch of marketing things. And he seems like he's in a really good place. And Shannon's and been worried. Oh, this is important so news for it's, Shannon. Needed, my heart needed to hear that. I love Daniel so much. <laughs> and I was just yeah. really stressed about him not being on the grid this season. I'm like, I hope he's going to be okay. I know. When we were I walking, know. I was like, at <laughs> least Shannon will get to get some really like personal insight on how Danny yeah. Rick is doing, yeah. if nothing yes. else. <laughs> same way. I was really curious, like, where is he going to be that mentally, emotionally, physically, obviously? And, and, we can go there, but it, he was in a good place. I thought, okay. um, from the conversations that we were able to have. And so I work specifically with Nate Saunders and Lawrence Edmondson on our podcast and you know they're from across the pond. So they flew yeah. over and it was great to see them. That was the first time we've ever actually done our podcast in person. As you guys know, like it's, it's yeah. everything is so digital and virtual at this point. So that was really cool, but it was kind of like a car wash situation, <laughs> right? So they have their, you know, hour long program. They make all their massive announcements. They re unveil, uh, the RB 19, which that's a little uh, underwhelming. Does it look the exact same? That's I can't find a same. difference. I don't same. really know. Yeah, <laughs> we were all laughing about it. I heard it. you like, even ask him that. You're like, well, yeah, you're going to make some changes, right? Like, nobody can into the naked eye see yeah. any differences. Yeah. And like, I'm torn, right? Because as a fan, I want to see something different always. Yeah. Like, right? What's going to be different about this one? But then as I think back to like my playing days, I was super superstitious. Yeah. If it's not this, broke, don't... This baby works. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it looks good. It's iconic. I think it's beautiful when you see it uh, drive across the circuit. And of course, like... 
I just think they've created an iconic car and they haven't changed it over the last, you know, however many years. And so it's lended itself to that. So I wasn't surprised that they didn't make any changes. I was a little hopeful that we'd see something like a little bit different, but it's kind of now a running joke. Like, could we get like a different, just, you know, maybe like an alternate, you know, how sometimes we get like two options. Like, let's see like one or the other. Well, so to that point, because we were all like kind of making like little snarky jokes about it, right? That there are no changes to it. It doesn't seem, um, at least from the livery, to your point, they are doing for the three American races, which I think is awesome. They are going to have a contest for fans to design the car. You can design the livery for those three races and whichever winner, you know, they choose, that'll be the, um, the design on the cars for Miami, Austin and Vegas, which I think is super sick. Yeah. That's going to be cool. And you know how creative and artistic people are around the world. So I, I can't wait to see, um, what they end up with for those races. But I did think that's a nice way to kind of bring fans into it, do something a little bit different and incentivize it. So that'll be something to keep an eye on as we move forward. But, you know, they unveiled the car and that was, you know, the highlight essentially. And then from there, it was basically like a media whirlwind, right? Yeah. Like you have all these different outlets all trying to talk to these people and Red Bull, you know, is taking drivers, Christian to each outlet so that they can do their interviews. So we were a little worried at first, um, they were behind, if you could imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As would have thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I thought, oh gosh, are we going to get gypped? And, you know, I'm not going to get yeah. to speak with Christian Horner. And, and luckily I did. I got five minutes with him and then I got to speak with Max for the first time. You know, I had sat, done a sit down interview with Checo down in Miami last year and it was awesome. And he was so kind. And I was just really curious to see, you know, what yeah, Max what he's is like. like. So yeah. what'd you think? Uh, yeah. I, I you thought he like- was... Yeah. It's so interesting. I find that I'm really bad at uh small talk before. Like if you're ever like standing there and you're standing with your guests, like they come in and you're like, Hey, I'm Katie. And it's really nice to meet you. Like, you know, I love your work or like whatever you right, say, like the yeah. nice pleasantries, but then you've got like the cameraman who's like setting in like the camera yeah, making sure right. the shot looks good. And then he's, you know, can I get a mic check? Can I get a mic check from you, Max? So like you're standing there for like 60 to 90 seconds while they get what they need right. before we can go. I'm really bad at the small talk, like, cause it is like, it's like, so are you staying in New York for a while? Or, what like, do you think like, of America? <laughs> yeah. Like I, I did a better job with Max than I did with Christian. I mean, me and Christian just kind of like stood there and I was like, Katie, do you want us to like, you want to text us and we can just like start sending you like random things to ask and be like, we need well, answers yeah, to like yeah. favorite, like the stuff you can't ask on air. Like, yeah. Just like, right. Random. It's always tricky because I have questions like that, but then like you get into a conversation. Sometimes if you ask too many questions, then you're like already doing yeah. an interview and yeah. it's like, okay, wait, now we actually have to do the real interview and it, it ruins your momentum. Yeah. I was thinking about being, that's like, why she's I, the professional. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I used to, or I thought to myself, I really wanted to tell Christian, like I used to dress up as ginger, ginger yeah. when I was Same going for spray. Halloween with my cousins, but do I didn't you, go there. Do you think he gets annoyed with like not having the full spotlight all the time? I'm like, you married one of the most iconic women in the history of I mean, I feel like she bands. gives him like, a lot of the like, the limelight when he needs he's it. He's like, sure, babe. There you go. I mean, yeah. she demands yes. it in that all white outfit all the time. Though. All the time. She's like, you may run this team, but I run the track. Yeah. So. I gotta think, I gotta think he's so proud of her, right? Like yeah. what a cool, I mean, they're such powerful. a power couple. Yeah. yeah, they are. They really are. But when I was chatting with Max, we we had some small talk painfully, and then we got into the interview, which went better. Um, but he was, you know, it's interesting. Like he seems so methodical, right. And like yeah. robotic when yeah. he drives, he's just unbelievable. He's almost like a machine. Yeah. is how he comes across to me when you watch him. 
Um, and and he, I think he can be that way sometimes in the interviews that you see. Um, I just felt like he was really laid back, um, very kind and thoughtful with his answers, okay. which I thought was nice because he does a lot of times. When you get into those situations, right? Like this is the fifth interview he probably did. And we're asking a lot of the same yeah, questions. Yeah. So like, it's easy to get like turned off by it or just give short answers. And I thought he did a nice job of actually going in detail with some and, and giving more thoughtful answers than I was anticipating just because I knew, you know, the You're circumstances like the line, that he yeah. was in. Yeah. And so I did get him to laugh, which apparently, according to Nate and Lawrence, was a win in and of itself. It was funny because he said to me, you know, he likes to turn it off when he's not racing. You know, like I like to go do different things when I'm at home or I like to travel and do some different things. And so my follow up naturally was, well, what are some of the different things that you like to do outside of racing? Yeah. And then he comes back and he says, well, I don't have a whole lot of time to have hobbies. It's like, well, I know well, what you just, you just said. said. Yeah. You said you like different <laughs> <And> so, things. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you don't have a lot of time, you know, for hobbies. It's not like you're out there golfing. Right. And he started like dying laughing. And he, I don't know, wait, I oversold that. He started laughing. <laughs> I don't think he was dying laughing. But he said, oh, I hate golf. Ugh. And I've never related like to Max through it. <laughs> <laughs> but then you could see like he kind of like thought to himself, oh gosh, like I don't want to offend golfers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he kind of like backtracked a little bit and he was like, he was like, no, no, no. Like I think it's a really hard and difficult game. And like I just don't have the patience, which is like everybody, which, yeah, right? Yeah. That's the most relatable statement. Yeah. But it was funny to me that it was like we got this human moment and these human And then he immediately was like, like wait, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, by the way, you can offend golfers. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people hate golf. Yeah. yeah so you're okay. good. That's fine. Um, the only people that are probably come from are like Carlos and Lando. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, who's going to be out there quite often. Yeah, they are. I'll forever golf. So that was a fun little moment from that. And it was it was nice to get to talk to him and, and just good for me. Right. Like, cause I still get nervous when I talk to these people or, you know, you've watched them on television for however many years. And now you're like, this is, he's great. I mean, he's, he's the current world champion. World champion. I mean, this is kind yeah. of a, there's no place to go from here. Like this is it. Okay. I have it's a crazy. serious question. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. that serious, but serious for me and Shannon. Very hard hitting question. I know you've here. interviewed <laughs> both of our favorite drivers. I mean, mine's still currently driving, but, um, <laughs> Okay, I know you've interviewed sweet, sweet Charles Leclerc and you've interviewed Daniel Ricardo. Who did you like to interview more? I know you're going to say Daniel Ricardo, but how lovely was Charles Leclerc in person? He <laughs> right was so sweet. <laughs> uh, he was so sweet. And also he was coming off of quite the blunder, I think, at Monza yes. before we got to Miami. If I'm He had a real that, yeah. right? nosedive. Yes. And so... You know, what I love about this sport, though, is like nothing's off limits, right? Like, I feel like in other sports, when we cover, we kind of have to hedge when mistakes are made. And in this sport, it's ruthless, right? I mean, like the questions that they're asked, the questions that these bosses are asked, I'm always, that was something that was kind of eye-opening to me as well when I watched the show. And so I got to have a (laughs) comment. Yeah, which is like awesome, right? And and they, they sit there and they take it and they give you good answers. I mean, they're very honest about it. And so that's, what stuck out to me because that was my first time interviewing any driver was with Charles. Oh, what and a, what a sweet place! Yeah, to that start. is pretty legit. <laughs> yeah, he was he was great and really sweet. Um, of course, he was. again, thoughtful. Sweet, sweet like, care. <laughs> but the forum obviously is so different because we we had about an hour with Danny Rick in a podcast form, and he yeah. was like, "So is this going to be like?" you know, pretty laid back. Are we shooting the shit? And we were like, Oh no, we're just going to shoot the shit. Like this is going to be, you know, we talked about a bunch of different things other than racing. And so then you really get to get into like 
seeing someone's personality, right? He already has so much of that and you see it in all forums, but like with Charles, I only got, you know, like yeah. seven or eight minutes with him and it was sit down is very structured. His PR is right there, listening to everything, the questions, you know, they wanted to approve prior. Like it's very almost forced. Um, whereas this was so laid back. I just felt like you, you really got a, a good sense of who Danny Rick is. Yeah. The Ferrari PR is like very buttoned down. I read that ar- yeah, the article yeah. was at the GQ one and like they control so much everything. of it. Like were they like just on like right on it? Like I feel like that's got to hamper it a little bit too. Cause they are like pretty intense, right? Yeah. They, all of them are yeah. actually like, and like some like are more like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, sure. That's fine. Um, I think obviously, you know, they have to protect their drivers right, and they yeah. want them to be prepared for whatever situation they're walking into. I mean, think of like, they're going into so many different interviews, so many different, you know, moments where cameras are on them at all times. Like I totally get it. Um, it kind of reminds me like a little bit of the NFL. The NFL is pretty strict um, about what you can and can't do. You know, leagues try to run interference where, you know, they're trying to protect the teams and the athletes, which, which makes sense. But um, yeah, it was, that was a first of like, well, what kind of questions are you going to ask? <laughs> The, the normal one, yeah, like, yeah, like just racing questions. What we all want to know. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay, so you went to Miami, and like you're a Kentucky girl, so this is an important thing for me to ask. Doesn't it kind of suck me that it's the same weekend oh, as Derby? Worst. I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I'll say, because like being from Kentucky, nobody else, if they're not from here, they don't they're, get it. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, it like, no, doesn't even like yeah. cross their radar. But you are. Like, so I'm like, <laughs> I know when last year and like, I had a lot of friends come in and I didn't know I was going to get to go to Miami. Yeah. Like that happened, you know, a couple weeks in advance and you know, you're planning your like derby parties yeah, and your, like, your, your derby outfit, tickets, like yeah. months and months in advance. Um, and so I was really sad, but obviously I was so excited. <laughs> like this is my first opportunity to get to go. I've gone to Derby plenty of times before yeah. there will all be more derbies to go to. Um, so that was, you know, obviously a no brainer, but I I'm with you. It's still a struggle. Like I've thought about it this year. I've got a friend who, by the way, played with me at the university of Louisville. So she experienced Derby for four years. She's getting married on Derby day, but again, not from Kentucky. And it's like, she should know my better. brothers. Yeah. I, she should. <laughs> she my should brothers graduated from college on Derby day. So I missed though. I mean, like it just chaps my ass every yes. time. I'm, on Derby I'm, day. Like, I'm like, this should be a national weekend? holiday. Yeah. Exactly. It, it would you be a come, great one yes. too. Like you come for Derby and then you stay for the Miami GP. Like let's yeah. make it a full, yeah. like week long, like Party. a 10 day yes. thing. Like, why aren't you all in charge? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, that's myself. That's, that's this is what we're doing. This is the change that we're trying to see we're in 2023. <laughs> I just keep hoping that like, oh, no, the because you know how Derby can sometimes be the first or it can be like the sixth yes. or seventh. And yeah. I'm like, maybe one year we'll get the where Derby's the early after, and then we'll yeah. get the GP later. And last year, since it was my first time being around people and meeting them and trying to build relationships in the sport, I was like, I, you know, I can't come on too strong. <laughs> But they should wear hats, right? Like, like yes. I kind of want to wear a hat, just like you yeah. should. To pay my respects to not being at Derby. Can yeah. we get you like a moto themed like headpiece? We'll take care of the Miami. whole thing. I've got a vision, Katie. We're gonna knock this out of the park. It's gonna be <laughs> great. I feel like you need that for the coverage. <laughs> yeah. You went to Austin too, didn't you? I didn't. Oh, okay. I was um, I was scheduled to go, and I was trying to. Um, have the college football. Yeah. Cause I know college football. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was thinking like, I was like going down the the schedule that weekend and I was like, okay, I could be sent to Tuscaloosa. Like I can make that. That's yeah. no problem. 
uh, there was one, I think maybe Oklahoma, like to go to Norman or something. And I was like, that's not ideal, but like, obviously I can make it work. It's the same vicinity. And where did they send us? They sent us to happy Valley, which is the hardest place <laughs> to get in, in the world to get in and out of yeah. like driving three hours, no matter what, to get to Penn state from some kind of major airport. And it just, it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. And oh. so I was really sad because Austin, I've like, that I think was the introduction for most of these drivers to be like, Oh wow. Yeah. Like, these Americans are all in. Yeah. And when they started going to Coda and then seeing that grow and grow and grow, and then it's no, it's a no brainer why so many other sites are trying to clamor to get onto the calendar. Oh, I know. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about Vegas then. Ooh, yes. Because I saw you guys talk about on your podcast, the $5 million Caesars tickets. <laughs> I mean, our regular people like this race is not for normies. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's like the tickets no, are not. wild. Someone was like, you should and go to I, Vegas. And I'm like, uh, should yeah, I mortgage like, my house? I also have kids. I'm trying to put through college at some point in their life. I mean, uh, no, <laughs> I, I've kind of felt that way about Miami. I've never oh, been yeah. to Obviously, like I know Monaco is super expensive as well, but off like a bucket list, everybody right, says. Yeah. But I felt like Miami was kind of like, um, you know, I just want to be seen kind of oh, thing. Well, that's that so Miami. Yes. I grew up in Miami. And, yes. So like, I felt like that from even some yes. of the people yeah. I know very on par. Yeah, it was very yes. Miami. <laughs> and I feel like Vegas will be that like to an extent. I think the race, I hope the, the way that they have set up the grid, like I, I think it's going to be awesome, um, the track, but I'm how much of the track are you going to get to see? That was something that was kind of eye-opening to me at Miami. It's like, yes, it's awesome to be boots on the ground and get to experience all that is leading up to the race and after the race. Yeah. But when you actually get to your seat or wherever your set is, it's like watching golf, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you go to mm -hmm. a live golf event. Yeah, you're just in one hole. Like, like awesome. Well, if like the crazy stuff happens on the back nine and I'm over here, like I've missed it all. Like yeah. I, that's why I love watching TV and TV yeah. broadcasts because you get to zip around and see everything where um, that was kind of something that I, I had to remind myself of like, oh yeah, you're going to get to see a sliver mm -hmm. of yes. the race every, you know, however many seconds. So yeah, hopefully it's such something. a different experience. Yeah. I mean, had, it's fun. We, we went to Coda. Yeah. Like two years ago yeah. and we kind of had that same thing. We had great seats and it was such a cool experience to have like this festival atmosphere wrapped around like an F1 race. And like, there's all kind of great carnival food. I mean, it's amazing. And yeah. then when the race comes, you're like, ah, uh, guys, I want to go back to the hotel and watch it like, yeah. you know, like on a screen because it's so hard to follow when all you're seeing is like this much and you're like, what is happening on the other side? We have no idea. And yeah, honestly, I like did. the live commentary at that race was so was dull. It was really bad. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, I yeah. mean, this guy was real snoozy. And I was like, how? How do you not have more energy? Oh, like the, like, the PA yeah. announcer? Yeah. I gotcha. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, Interesting. Yeah. Hopefully I know I start to just put my headphones in mm -hmm. and put the yeah. broadcast on my phone. And so then you can just listen and have an idea of what's going on. Yeah. But. We had to go to like a couple. Well, I mean, one day we went to a different spot just so that we could get more of like the track so we could see more yeah, of what's happening on the track happening. in different locations so what did you think of coda having been oh i loved oh, it's it great the only problem is getting in and out of there is like an actual disaster you yeah. probably have some sort of more formal like car taking you in and out we i mean if you have like a helicopter option like <laughs> that's really where you're gonna excel <laughs> at coda gonna because it's it's in the middle of nowhere so it, and, and it's, it's like two lane roads two going lane road. in and out so yeah. it's not like miami where it's like the good part about where it is in miami is right in the middle of like so many inner like the interstate so you can come from the north i mean yeah. it's still a shit show but 
it's in the middle of everything in Coda. It's not. And like the roads are two lane highways. We had yeah. to like commandeer an Uber for the whole weekend. We did. We made friends and he was like, okay, I'm but, like, you it, but you kind of have to, because at that point, if you're a rideshare, you, you're really only doing one time yeah. in and one time out because sure. it's so hard to and get And there back were like and buses and the lines yeah. were oh, gosh. It was a like a nightmare. It, that The whole getting in and get, it was actually yeah. very similar to Derby. Like when you know, if you're trying to, get out and there's just nothing like you can, can't get a ride. You, just, yeah. you need to accept that you're yeah. going to be there yes. for a while. Yeah. Which is so interesting yeah. because yeah. the whole logistics of F1 is one of the most mind blowing things about the sport. Like when I first started watching this, I'm like, how are they getting all of these cars on all the continents? I mean, it's like back to back and how they're getting, you know, they travel with their espresso machines and their little China cups. <laughs> and I'm like, what the plants. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, we did a whole episode on like the DHL of (laughs) it all. Like, It was fascinating. It's incredible. No, it is. I mean, and the logistics, right? Like you have like a director of ops when you play like on a college team, like who's in charge of all your travel and like personnel and whatnot. Food, where you're staying, all of that, your bus, you know, times and all that jazz. This is like on steroids by like a million. million, And I, I got to chat with somebody, um, from Red Bull, actually. Red Bull has the biggest, um, what's the word that I want to use? Like, like um, circus of caravan. Yeah. yeah. Like they have the <laughs> the biggest posse apparently in terms of what they travel, but Australia, um, is apparently the biggest hurdle for everybody to get over, you know, obviously, you know, traveling around Europe isn't too bad. They're, yeah. you know, just driving massive, massive trucks. They say getting in and out of Monaco is an absolute nightmare because the roads, to your point, are are so small. Um, But they said Australia actually is the most difficult because they have to load everything up on freight, on on ships. And they they ship it over about three months in advance and so that they can just make sure that it gets there in time. Um, Whereas obviously with the States, then you're, you know, flying everything over here for North America. So... Like, and you, you think they would take the time to schedule things so that it makes the most yeah. just yeah. sense with the travel. And uh, as you guys can tell, they, uh, they no, that's don't. not always yeah. achievable. Well, I think when we like <laughs> talk through it, some, most of the teams have like three sets of everything and they like send mm-hmm. them in like, you know, like containers all, like, and you have like a shipping buddy, like teams will travel with teams. And I'm like, Oh, that's so fun. You have a travel pal. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. And, but I love the hospitality, like seeing like, to, like the espresso yeah. and whatnot, like watching. Oh, yeah. t- Get a pump on nickel, yeah. bagel every morning. <laughs> like, like you guys are eating in your hospitality room for breakfast at nicer restaurants than I. Yeah, have. exactly. Oh, it is so premium. Yeah. Okay, so what's like the of your F one? I mean, I know you've done so much in all these different sports, but what's been like the highlight? I guess maybe it's this Red Bull thing you just did, but like your highlight of your F one, like favorite interview, like craziest thing you've gotten to witness. Like, ooh, that's a really good question. Um, I'm sure this Danny Rick interview. I, I mean, I feel like it. I I know what I want your answer to be. <laughs> that was by far the coolest thing that I've done from an access standpoint was getting to sit down with him. Um, and I mentioned kind of how it was a car wash, right? Like yeah. we were supposed to get him, I think like at 11.55 a.m. And we were supposed to have an hour with him. And of course that got backed up. And so then they ended up saying, well, would you be okay with him going to eat lunch and like kind of taking a break? And then the last thing he has to do is your all's podcast. And we of course were like, yes, like whatever he wants to do, like, you know, we're on his time. And that ended up, I think being like the best thing because 
first off, I didn't want him coming in hangry. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Although but I'm sure was, he's really pleasant even when he's hangry. <laughs> yes, I have definitely. But I was really impressed because it had been a long day at that point. And he even asked us like when he was sitting down, he was like, how long is this? And we were like, I kind of got nervous because I was like, oh God, he's going to be like, yeah. I don't want to do that. No, thank you. <laughs> I was like, you know, 40-ish minute, however long you want to be here. If you're enjoying yourself, you know, you just let us know. And he's like, oh, okay. And like, I think some people at that point like might shut down, but like he like powers through it, right? And he's like, okay, no, I'm going to like give this my best effort. And I do think like he enjoyed it. He knows Nate and Lawrence extremely well, specifically Nate, um, because he's been covering him for so long and they have a, a good friendship and relationship. And so I think that mattered. But being able to ask him, a bunch of different things outside of like, well, are you going to be back on the grid in 2024? Yeah, like different you questions know? and the same old, same old. Yes. And so I think he ended up enjoying it and just kind of getting to have a relaxing, you know, hour with him um, was really, really cool. And of course he's funny, he's quirky, he, he has great stories, but I was just impressed with how he weaves in like the funny, goofy kind of Daniel Ricardo that we're used to seeing, but then coupling it with a, pretty thoughtful, deep, self-aware answer, you know? So like he went there, we yeah. weren't pushing him, you know, what was this last season like for you emotionally? Um, you know, he would bring it up. And I just think he said he, he's really looking forward to having some time off, right? He's not going to have to be at every single Grand Prix, yeah. which is, which is good. He's going to have free time to travel and spend time with his family. And he said, you know, our family's always come to these, but like, you we're so locked in. Yeah. yeah. You're not, yeah. we're not hanging out. It's not enjoyable. Like yeah. they know I'm stressed. Yeah. They're stressed for me. Uh, so he said, you know, to have some of that time off is going to be really important. And he said, just for me to kind of, you know, gather myself, I need this. Um, he said, obviously, and he was last year was hard. He was like, it was so hard. There were moments where, you know, I just, I'm sure he wanted to quit. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I don't do this anymore. But, um, I thought he was vulnerable in the interview. And I thought that that was really cool because I would have a hard time doing that. I think given what everybody just witnessed me yeah, go through so publicly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think he's very content with what this year is going to be. I think he's happy to be back with Red Bull and it's a you know, huge win for Red Bull. I mean, huge. he's like, you, you get like the huge star, you get all the like the charisma and the media yeah. personality and you, well, and you get all the good that. and you don't have to mess with. Yeah. Any, they had like, such like a, a civil war going on at the end of last season that the only person that could fix this was Daniel Ricardo. I mean, he came in as this like social media gift. Oh my gosh. Shannon, your eyes light up like in a weird way when so you talk about true. Daniel Ricardo. I just love him so much. <laughs> but I mean, for them, especially because Max doesn't love, I mean, no, you obviously just, said he's yeah. like, He's just, that doesn't seem like he, what he loves to do. So they get he doesn't, like, he doesn't love the fame. Yeah. And I, I yeah. think I asked about that. Like, how do you handle it? Cause you're not somebody who's stepping into the spotlight when yeah. you have the opportunity, you know, obviously he's thrust into it because right. he has to be, you have to face sport now, but you know, not that Daniel, I think always seeks it, but he's just got such a different personality mm -hmm. where, you know, the spotlight finds him no matter where he is and what he's doing, even if he's not performing well. Right. Like right. We, he's we more comfortable with it, yeah. obviously. He so. is. Yeah. And so I, I think from like a marketing standpoint, it's a, huge, it's a home run yeah. for, for Red Bull and there's a comfort level, right? Because he's worked there and he said that, um, you know, when he joined and it was announced, he said the amount of, you know, engineers and mechanics and people back at, you know, the facility, like that reached out, he was like, it was really cool to like have it's like that going home a little bit, probably. Yes. Yeah. 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 It, it really is.
That's cool. I do have a quick question. When you, you, at the beginning of this, you said that you were making flashcards to learn about the sport. And I find that to be so amazing. What was one of the things that you learned about F1 that you were like, I'm fascinated by this? Well, I think the car, right. That mm-hmm. I still get wrapped up in the fact that they say, like, I always see on Twitter, well, they have the same car, right? Like, <laughs> no, they they don't. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> so that to me was like a, a learning curve, right? Obviously yeah. there's like still words that are yeah. used and like references to the car and what this does for the car and the aerodynamic portion of like all that jazz. And I'm like, uh, I'll leave that to somebody else. Yeah, some engineer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But I think learning how they debrief after every single practice, after every single qualifying, after every single race in Grand Prix and how they talk about it and how they are making like minor or major adjustments, like how much goes into it. And then if you have like um, a massive wreck, how like just the impact that that has like just so much about the car. Like, obviously like you're like, Oh, these are incredible race drivers and they're so engaging and I, I love covering them and love, you know, learning about them. But then it's like, Oh no, the equipment the car, that they yeah. are using yeah. the car is so fascinating. It, that's a star in and of itself oh, yeah. right? To the sport. and how far it's come. And obviously how far it still has to go with the kind of regulations that they're going to continue to change. Like, I just didn't realize one minor, minor, minute thing that they or switch can have such a drastic impact. And then on top of that, and what, you know, we've talked about that just what makes it fascinating is right. You have these two teammates that are ultra competitors, right? Then you have the car factor and a lot of that sometimes out of their control of what happens. And then you also have this other factor category that has to be clicking on all cylinders, which is the team. Mm -hmm. And strategy, right? Like the strategy is such a huge part of it that I don't think a lot of people realize. Yeah. No. And that was eye opening. I think this past season for me, when I was doing the podcast with the guys after each race, learning about what went wrong, why, you know, Ferrari decided to do the tires, the tires, it's it's always the tires. It just, (laughs) it just was kind of mind blowing and eye opening to me of like, so many things have to go right. And so many people have to do their job to the best of their ability for you to yeah. win. Yeah, And it doesn't even matter if you're having the best day as a driver. Like yeah. if someone else is not on their game, that could be so minute. Like it can make a, such a huge difference. And dangerous, right? Yeah. Like, yes. Yes. you know, if, if Ben Simmons sucks on offense, well, the Nets lose yeah. and they'll have to figure it out. But like if somebody sucks and doesn't tighten a nut or something, yeah. yes. The, the whole thing could go to shit. <laughs> yes. Like that to me too, like just ups the ante more so than any other sport that we get to watch or cover and take. Yeah. Cause like yeah. every, and again, like in the NFL or NBA and all these other like profile, high profile sports, like one athlete, they're the huge high, like high paid. If they make a mistake, you can kind of blame them, but then it could just be like some random, I mean, guy yeah. that you, you tripped just, over your wheel gun and you're yeah. like, I or like they can't yeah. find something or yeah. whatever. And you're like, oh, just this random person in the back could make like a huge difference to yeah. the whole Who was it? Um, somebody's debris went into oh, yeah. someone's exhaust. What race was that? And when they take it? the, when they take their like the visor, visor. Yeah, like Max's visor, visor that yeah. went into Charles's car. Yeah. And, and you're like, what right. was that? that yeah. And you're like, 
what, what are the odds of that yes. happening? But your day is wrecked. Yeah. yeah. And it has nothing to do with like your preparation or any of that, which no. is so wild. And like when you talked about the car too, um, when Alex Albin had his, it was Alex Albin, right? Then when he had the appendicitis and then they had oh, to put somebody gosh. else in and the then car. They put and they put Nick DeVries in and, and then put, last minute, like 50 they, minutes before. Right. And you build out. the car around like one person's yes. body, like so specific. And then you're like, nope, Nick, hop in. Like hopefully the pedals fit. Like yeah. hopefully Figure it's all it good for you. You know, it's like yeah. totally built around one person. And then they're like, sorry, yeah, <laughs> hop in. That's, that's a lot. I know. It's, it's unlike anything. And I think that's why I became kind of intoxicated by it. I think that's why you've seen so many Americans um, become intoxicated by it too. But it's just so funny. Like everybody around the world's like, uh, yeah, duh. we've been trying to tell you guys this for, yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, I think it's very, again, it's a very American way of looking at things. If we don't have somebody... On the squad. On the squad. Then yeah. it's like, well, who are we going to root for? But now that but we, now have, we do, we do, we have Logan Sergeant and yeah. he's racing for Williams. And now we have a Ford engine. Not that that's going to make me a Red Bull fan, but like, Hey, glad it's <laughs> well, in like there. McLaren has been pandering to <laughs> yeah. like all the United States companies, you know, like yeah. they have all the, the U S sponsors. So well, I mean, we have Haas. I mean, they're an yeah. American well, based kinda. company. <laughs> no. I mean, they are, but they are. I yeah. claim, I claim Haas just because of Gunther Steiner. Oh yeah. Because he's a king and he we is. protect I him at all costs. Have you interviewed him? Was it? No. Delight. Oh, oh, no, I actually was um, hiding behind some kind of plant. <laughs> it wasn't a palm tree, but it was a plant. And he was sitting outside of their hospitality section. Oh my gosh. Katie behind a ficus. I think it's the only TikTok I've ever posted. I'm not very good at TikTok. I'm like, I can't keep evolving with the times. I'm like, I just got, I just feel like I learned how to make a reel on Instagram. And now Take like, Shannon I with you. To, she can be your I personal you. I'll content be your real girl. manager. It's fine. But my only TikTok was me like zooming through <laughs> the, the branches and leaves and it's Gunther just sitting there having his coffee, talking to somebody. And I was like a total, like if you turned around, he'd be like, who is this creep and get her out of here? And be like, um, she works for ESPN. And you'd be like, oh. And that's the, that's like the part, the problem is like, you have to like separate yourself. Yeah. Like, okay, stop being a fan girl. Yeah. You know, like I know you're in love with this man, like from afar, but <laughs> protect him at all costs. Job to do. Yeah. We need you to do an interview with him on the podcast. For, doesn't he have a book coming out? You guys need to have him on there, and then you can like yes. get the full scoop. It's. it's I would like love a, that. Yeah. That's... We we're hoping that you know this podcast episode with Daniel that it kind of showcases like the way we envision doing things and that maybe it'll, you know, parlay and lead to other drivers being like, okay, like, yeah, yeah. I'll do yeah. that. Or team bosses being like, okay, receptive to it and, and might want to come on. So I think we're going to make that push, but yeah, I just, I find these guys to be so fascinating. They yeah. really are. Are you fascinated at all by the wags? Like, do you have a favorite wag? I do. Um, George Russell's girlfriend. Oh, she's is Carmen. Carmen. I'm trying to get her to come yeah. to Derby. Yeah. Just, I'm, I had like a mission to get her for like a brand to bring her just for the day and then like fly her back down to Miami the next, that night. She she would kill it at Derby. Oh, and she would. Crush. Well, like, yeah. I love following her because I, I think her sense of fashion and her oh, style is just so classic, so, so well put together. She's they always sheet. look yes. like, I mean, Ralph Lauren models, like on the grid, yes. the two of them. I mean, they do. They're like the epitome of Mercedes. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got Lewis who like, I think I had to like pick up my draw oh, every I'm, day when he walked into yes. the paddock with his it's trendy. It's like full couture. Like every, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm I like, always that wonder, just, I'm that like, shipped you off the runway? are you yeah. just so hot? Like, I mean, yes, you're aesthetically pleasing, but like, are you physically, are you sweating? Cause sometimes he's in fur and it's like Miami and you're like, what are you, 
Well, he's faux fur. You know that. Oh, for sure. Lewis would never. He would never. never. (laughs) But he's got to be so hot. It's so many layers. He's committed to the breathable clothes. (laughs) He's he's committed. Oh, listen. Lewis can do no wrong in my book. So I'm I'm fine with that. I'm with you there. Yeah. That he was kind of who, like, my biggest, like, fan crush, I guess, when I, like, got into it and started learning more and more about it was, and obviously, like, that's an easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's an easy. Oh, so you picked the best driver on the grid at that time? Like, Yes. Okay. Here's also a question. Do you think that Lewis runs Roscoe's social? This is a big, this is this a is big a thing between us. For us. Yeah. I don't know. That's such a good question. I like deep down hope he does, but I could see him being like, you know, I've got a lot. I feel of like he like pops in on it. Like, I feel like it's on his phone, but I don't think he's like the manager. I think he right. is the full on first person admin. I think I see, I whoever don't. keeps him, the lady in Holly or in LA that like houses him while he's away. I think she's like, got it. But I think Lewis is for sure the primary. There's no other person that's going to add an S to everything. I just don't think like when the password needs to be reset, it's going to Lewis's phone. Like I don't, they I need just the, don't we, think Lewis, send me the six digit code that just came in. Could you imagine phone. that conversation <laughs> yes. of like Lewis having to be like, hey, I think like the password's up. Like, yeah, yeah like, like do you like, need this code? It's 043. Who down the line of his minions has yes, to do that? I yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's just my thought that's process. That's what I want to know. It. If I ever sat down with Lewis, that's question number one. Okay, that's well, it. we okay. appreciate having you on so much. We're going to have you like give all the pub to your podcast too, to give the full plug on that. But before that, we want to do some quick, Rapid some quick fire. fire, some favorites. Cool. You can do this as like just Katie George, not ESPN girl, or you can, you know, yeah. you know, you're in the mode, but okay. And you can say it just after you watch DTS, it doesn't have to be now. Cause I know you can't pick favorites, but when you watch DTS favorite driver, Early on, season one, season because it was Daniel <laughs> Ricardo, and then it shifted. Uh, that's what that's <laughs> See, we're that's on right. such the same path, Katie. I love this so much. I think about you, you already <laughs> answered this, but favorite principle? Uh, well, Toto. Uh, I love Gunther, yeah, but yeah. I love. Yeah. And I was a big Matia Bonotto fan. Yeah, uh, same. Do you miss selfie? Do you then, miss Cyril? Did you get one with him? I actually, we talked about this. I said to. Um, I said to Daniel, I was like, I really enjoyed Cyril, like yes. from afar, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Met him or, um, those would have been my top four, I yeah. would have said. Yeah. Would have been um Gunther, Toto, um, Cyril, and then Mattia. Yeah. I also yeah. do think I think Christian does a great job. Like he's so good at what he does. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I obviously he's just, like, appreciate that. But, divisive. but in terms <laughs> of like in terms of my favorite, it's by far Toto. Yeah. Okay, favorite track. Oh, I've, I know that there are, there are some big iconic ones. I really want to go to Monza. Like that is the one that I, yes, I want to go to Monaco. I would love to see yeah. that. Um, but I, Monza is one that, and I've, I've heard Singapore, like the that's Asian for, that's Shannon's races. Yes. I don't know if my, I guess I could use with some dewy skin cause my skin's so dry right now, but the humidity, <laughs> I don't know if I could, if I'd wilt away, but I'd say Monza and Singapore is something that I would put very top of the list. That's what yes. I was going to say. Yeah. The bucket. Mm. What was the bucket that's, list? That's, that's it yeah. for me. Singapore under the lights is like, that's it. That's okay. Crazy. So it's so cool. Yeah. Okay. And then some, here's some like this or that. And Shannon may have some too, that she likes to throw in. Uh, do you like a sprint weekend or just a regular, like regular qualities weekend? Regular weekend. Uh, Christian or Toto? Toto. Wet track or dry track? Wet track. Uh, it's starting it on time, by the way. <laughs> oh my yes, gosh. Start the race. On time. Yes. 
turn it on time. It's a factor that we want to see play out. So let us see it play out. Also true. But doesn't it give you the most anxiety? They're going so fast and the track is wet and the slipperiness. Oh, no, I want to see. I want to see. I want to see if you can handle it. Yeah. No. No. Assuming I was safe, I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. No, we don't want any injuries. Hard pass. Street race or track race? Street race. Max or Lewis? Lewis. There you go. Carlos or Charles? Charles. We're divided okay, on that one. Going. Do you have any other ones? No. Those are mine. Those, those are. You sometimes have some little. I know. Like, sometimes I did, but she said all the things. I'm like, I know the answers now. So oh. she's already told us. Oh, yeah. She did tell us so she's much. She's great. Okay. Tell us now before you go. I have one question about your podcast. What is it like hosting your podcast with two Brits? Uh, awesome. There are moments where I'm like writing down words and I'm like, <laughs> just to be clear, jumper is sweater. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like your jumper, which is not what I wore to second grade. Yeah, or third grade. Not- um, so there's moments like that, that I absolutely love. They're so knowledgeable about the sport, but they're also very welcoming. Like I, I we mentioned it earlier. I was worried, like, are they going to be like, who's this girl who just wants to get involved like is she just yeah. trying to ride the wave of the popularity yeah and I think I've proven to them that I care deeply about it and so but they've been very welcoming and helpful in the fact that if I'm like okay I don't understand this yeah explain this to and me help. yes they're, they've been great in that aspect and so I wish we could do it like the two of you being in person right now is envious you know what I mean like I, I wish we could be in person more um and I hope that you know we'll be on site more for races this year um as we continue to expand our coverage but um that is one thing that I'm always like Ugh, it's so much better when you're in the room yeah. together you yeah play off each other's energy and things but um also not easy when they both live in London yeah, yeah. well that's what I'm uh, saying are you gonna yeah. like are you going to go to Europe at all for any races do you see foresee I know ESPN uses you know the Sky Sports coverage yeah um for all those European on um, most of the races do you foresee like going to any of those do you see, foresee ESPN expanding the coverage where you like I they kind of control the needle on it more I think so there, our management's talking about it um obviously it has to do with you know if we sell a couple of our shows and things right. um from a money monetary standpoint but I know that they wanted to go to all of the North American races, which, you know, I love Montreal. Yeah. That's what we're considering going to. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard it's awesome. My husband has actually been to it. Um, very randomly. He used to play, uh, for the MLS team up there. And so he said it was incredible. I've heard it's like an easy one to like navigate to. Yes, just yeah. like which would be research. nice after yeah. the nightmare that you just described. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. yeah. But I think there's going to be a push to be at all the North American races, um, which would include Mexico City, which yeah. would be so cool. That's another one. I mean, that's so cool. the best rendition of the F1 theme song we've gotten Oh my gosh, that, that was amazing. With the mariachi band and the whole yes. thing. Oh, yeah. And so okay. I, I would assume that there would be a push for Silverstone and yeah. um, and Monaco, but we'll see. I, we need you in Silverstone. We need we you do. boots on. We need bees on the G. Yeah, I would love it. I know. And like, I find myself like when I'm around them, like I kind of like start going into British accent. I'm yes. like, oh. Okay. I did ask. It's like my have... kids watching Peppa Pig yeah, too oh, much. Yeah. And they like, <laughs> do you have words that you're like, I love that you use this. Cause like when my husband makes fun of us that we say garage, no, and he's yeah. like, it's garage. And I'm, I'm like, like, it is oh, not. Yeah. Nobody on Sky Sports says garage. It's they say garage. garage. Yeah. So we always say it on the pod. That's the only way we say it but are there words that you're like i need rubbish instead of trash like yeah <laughs> are you in the queue yeah there's there's yeah um the loo toilet i think yes. is always yeah. a great one um but there's a phrase that they use often that i absolutely love and they just because 
they were coming to New York for the the launch and they said, you know, we're really thinking about going um, to Nick's game. Would you be keen? Like they always yeah. end their questions with, would you be keen to, da, 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 yeah. or, you know, we're going to do this. Would you be keen? Question mark. I'm like, that's such a polite, formal way. I need to like adopt that yeah. and use that. Next time day. we ask you to be on the pod, we're going to yeah. say, would you be keen <laughs> to come on the pod? They also, which is interesting that yes, please do. And I'll say, of course, all caps. Um, they also say like, you know, we're always like, talk to you later when you hang up. They always say, speak to you later. Speak to you later. <laughs> So, oh my God, I'm so like, lovely. So lovely. So lovely. So God. lovely. <laughs> That's better in many different ways. Yeah. <laughs> well, we hope that you make it to all of them so that we can live vicariously yes. through all your coverage. We Let are... me know if you guys end up going to Montreal okay. and if yeah, definitely. it lines up for me as well. And tell all of our listeners where they can find yes. you, your pod, all that kind of fun yeah, stuff. Yeah. Give all the plugs. Yes. Oh gosh. Um, so it's called Unlapped, an ESPN F1 show, and it's on Apple and Spotify. And then we also do a YouTube show as well. Um, usually we have that, you know, the visual medium drop on Wednesday afternoons. Um, but Unlapped, and my Twitter is Katie underscore George05, and Instagram is underscore Katie George underscore. So we need you to have just fun. the Katie George. You are the yeah, only are iconic Katie George. Well, it's like Katie. such a generic <laughs> name. I mean, like it's so basic of a name. And like, I've even reached out to the girl as <laughs> just Katie George. I'm like, Hey, would you want some underscores? <laughs> How do you feel about the number? Oh, five. Yeah. <laughs> I know everybody at work's like, why do you, and that was my Jersey I number, figured, which is yeah. fine. Like when I was yeah. in college, but now it's like, what is Why this? do you have that? Yeah. I'm like, because there's a bajillion Katie Georges. Yeah, Could you this imagine? Is, this is what I've got. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was truly yes. a delight to have you on. We appreciate you making the time for us of so course. much. We will be dropping in and asking if you're keen to come back on yes. again, because we yes, would love, yes. I know that you're doing so much with F1 and we love to see it too, especially since we're, you know, here in Kentucky and we'll, we'll be like, yeah. you're one of our own. Exactly. You, the, the fangirls have to stick together and, you know. Keep letting them know that Drive to Survive is not a bad thing. You know, we've brought it it's all together. It feels like one of my friends is out there just meeting yeah, all the F1 people. So I love that. And we're so excited to continue following along with you. And we will be sharing all the links. So appreciate you coming. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so, so much, much for having me. I appreciate it. Next time we'll do it in person together. Oh, yes. yes we that'd love be amazing. That. So great. And while we uh, thank Katie and she gave us her plugs, now we're going to give you ours. It would make us uh, happier than watching Katie go to Silverstone. If you would follow us at F1 Push Push on Instagram and TikTok and then F1 Push Push Pod on Twitter. And until next time, push push. Push push.